Welcome to Everything In Between, and we are your hosts, Siobhan and Sam. Today, we are going to talk about... First, I'm sorry, let's apologize, because last week, we um, we did not have a show, and we apologize, we didn't give you any heads up for that, but we're back this week, and we are talking about, um, is it the Night Stalker? So, wait, before you guys do this, we should give a spoiler alert, right? Because this is the... You're going from the Netflix show, right? Yes, so today we're going to be talking about serial killers and we are going to touch specifically on the documentary on Netflix called Night Stalker. So if you plan to watch that, you might want to skip this particular episode until we get to that point. Um, So like Sam said, we missed you guys last week and we're so glad that you came back and joined us this week. So we are going to follow up with what we ended our last podcast with was talking about serial killers. And Sam and I are not the only people in America that are interested in crime dramas and crime and why it happens. This actually tends to be a really big interest for a lot of people, has a large demographic. Um, You can see there's whole channels, IDTV, there's shows about, you know, love your neighbor because your neighbor can become a killer and swamp killers and American killers. Just people are fascinated with why people kill and how an everyday average person can become a killer. Now, I have always been interested in this type of thing since I was little because I remember growing up that my dad would have us watch like America's Most Wanted and Cops and this is something that we did all the time together um, and that I really enjoyed. So I've just always kind of been interested in this type of thing. But I can say in looking up some like facts and information about this, I was concerned. Like, I don't know why, but I thought, yes, there's killers, but I didn't think there were that many killers. So let's just dive right in, guys. Just so you can have an idea of what we're working with, a serial killer is considered to be someone that has killed more than three people or three or more people, which is so just wild to me because it's like what even drives somebody to kill in the first place right and let alone get to three or more so that's the first fact just so you kind of have an idea of where we're going with um and looking up some statistics um Thomas Hargrove, who is the founder of the Murder Accountability Project, states that there are more than 222,000 unsolved murders since 1980. That's a lot. And he says that in almost every major American city, there's multiple serial killers and multiple uncaught serial killers. And he pegs the current number of active serial killers in the United States as more than 2,000. That's just wild to me. Totally and completely wild. Like, where are these people? Why are they not getting caught? And then, you know, are some of these people people that kill and then they stop and they go on to live regular lives? Like, you just never know. Um, I know Sam had mentioned to me, I don't recall if it was on the podcast we were talking about something or she had told me offline but there's actually data where you can go and check to see like how many murders have happened per capita in your area and she was saying how she uses that to like determine where to live i'm pretty sure that was on the podcast i just don't remember which one um no no that was us talking offline when you were talking about (laughs) moving to seattle and i was like why are you living (laughs) Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, you know, I've been there. It's not like really that dangerous. And then when I looked at the information, I was like, 
Okay, let's reevaluate this. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of killers out there. And then also, just a little more, yeah? No, I was just just about to say something about like she might be touching on the next go ahead oh well if i'm not then you can just jump right in i just want to do like a little more facts before i jumped into some of the shows that i want to discuss with you guys today um just in case anybody is shocked encyclopedia britannica is still around they're just online now as britannica i didn't know that and they have a little article <clears throat> excuse me on seven of history's most notorious serial killers so the main guy i want to talk about today didn't even make this list and I thought he was horrendous but they have number seven listed as Jack the Ripper and Sam and I have already covered a topic on him before um then they have Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer they have someone named Harold what number is he he's only number six I was like what I'm surprised there's way worse than him yeah well wait till you hear number one because I was like really how did he come their number one on this seven most notorious killers list now somebody on the list who i had never heard of was harold shipman a doctor from london that killed 218 mm-hmm. patients yes they insane. think insane you heard of him before yes. i never heard Girl, of him come on now i have listened to like everything never heard of him and they said it's probably closer to 250 and he got caught because he wrote himself into one of his patient's wills that he killed yes it was insane and he was like burning them um the people he would burn them in like this incinerator or something and then he would like it was crazy like it was a whole deal it was a whole deal so 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 wild um do you know like because at first when i read that he was a doctor i thought oh Mm -hmm. maybe he's doing like a member dr jack kevorkian that was doing like compassionate killing was not an assistant no oh so he was just like he was killing old people like they would be old people or sick people and they would be like almost ready to die and then he would come in and have them give them all this stuff like they're they're money and stuff like somehow he would win them over and then kill them so he could get it and like you said the one time he wrote himself into the will and the and this time like the the kids were like hold on a second you know that's how he got caught this that last time well not even the last time he had killed a bunch but that's the one he was actually you know caught on he killed his wife i mean insane insane that's that whole deal. Just- I don't mm-hmm. I have so many questions like greed girl greed it's it's just like wow 218 people that is mm-hmm. just wild that's like my word for tonight wild so that one definitely yeah, blew wild. my mind um and it made me question too like he was smart enough to become a doctor but he didn't think that writing his name on the will was just a step too far but i guess well you after know, that he killed so many like he had already gotten right. away you get comfortable you know so exactly. after like the 200th one i guess he was just like wow you know that's what i was gonna say he must have figured you know okay there's no consequences for this behavior that i'm engaging in i'm like this doctor that people like i'm respectable i can just you know continue doing these things so that was very very interesting um to me the next one was um john wayne gacy and so i've heard mm-hmm. of him before oh my goodness and I was that like, guy was a whole mess yes this guy like dressed up as a clown and like he got young boys mm-hmm. just very very odd boys he who worked for him like that's how he was found out like he killed the wrong boy he killed someone too close to home and um 
they were like i guess like the he was some kind of i don't know farmer or something here quite remember but he had um killed this kid who worked for him and kind of just didn't show up and then this other kid who also worked for him was like hey this isn't exactly the first time a kid has disappeared you know that right. worked for him and it just kind of like snowballed from that it was insane in freaking insane and just he did all boys like he was a homosexual pedophile crazy and it's like I wonder. You guys are probably like Sam is a little bit. We need to be worried about her because uh, <laughs> she know all the like all the killers. That's what I do, guys. For eight hours a day, I listen to serial killer stuff. I'm, Forty hours a week. Listen, it is very interesting. I only it knew is. him because, um, like I said, Netflix had a documentary on him a while ago mm-hmm. and it just had that clown face so i remember seeing that all the time so there was him mm-hmm. number three is h h holmes and he goes back to like mm-hmm. 1893 yeah she knows yes. all of them i hadn't heard of this one either but it seems like he was also killing people burning them and then mm-hmm. giving the bodies Our to ma- science oh Maybe I'm getting the Bernie part confused from Holmes with the other doctor. I don't know. But I know one of them like burnt burnt their victims alive. Not alive, but they burnt them. Insane. That one was also wild. Ugh. And I and I remember that because I was like, that's not Sherlock Holmes, is it? And then I was like, oh, no, it's not. It's just a coincidence. Which also I think is just interesting and funny. They thought to note that in addition to his killing, he also ran insurance scams. It doesn't say what kind of insurance scams, but I imagine life insurance. Um, and he was actually hung in, ni- in 1896. Mm-hmm. So he met his mm-hmm. piece. Then number two is Pedro Lopez. And I'd never heard of him before but he's linked to more than 300 murders in his native colombia and in ecuador and peru mm. and at least a third of those murders were tribal women i feel i don't know him i don't think i've heard of him yeah i don't think he's I'm like I'm, I'm, we sound so well, entitled american the, the, but he's no, not american. no i but i go all over from the uk to mexico like they have some good stuff stories in mexico like the um grandma who was a drug lord you know like <laughs> okay grandma well according to britannica he's actually one of the world's most prolific serial killers and he might still be out there i, I might know i think i might have heard of him but that's wild yeah 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 and then here's but it's easier yeah. to kill like in Mexico and stuff, because they don't have the latest technology. You know, like it's hard to find someone when everything's shit, you know? It is. That's why we had such bad closure rates in uh, murders, homicides, and stuff like that way back when. Like I was just listening to one today from 1985, and they didn't have like the technology we have now. It could have bust that case wide open, but because they didn't, you know, they have very minimum stuff. And then the stuff they did have that they thought at the time was cutting edge was not 100% perfect yet, you know? So it was just, is you know, we've come a long way with CSI. you know into being able to solve these cases whereas back then like in 188 i was like wow you actually solved one yeah (laughs) i'm always impressed (laughs) sam that is so true because just jumping ahead a little bit in the night stalker i remember saying the same thing Mm -hmm. so they had a fingerprint 
of the person that they mm-hmm. thought was the killer. But they were saying at this time, they didn't have fingerprinting how we have now where you just put it in a computer mm-hmm. and it can run all of the fingerprints. Exactly. They literally had to wait for the actual person to be arrested. Mm-hmm. Then somebody had to go out to where they were, fingerprint them and see if it was a match. And I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, that's wild. So and yeah, it wasn't it, an exact science. It was like, mm-hmm. these look really similar and the points and all that. It wasn't like now where we put it in the database and it does a 55 or 155 point scan. And, you know, it wasn't like that. Right. I mean, even think about it now, there was um a killer. I don't believe he was a serial killer, but he was a killer. And he got found out because somebody in his family did ancestry DNA. And like they were able to pop up his DNA through that because it was like, oh, this is a match. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, like just the resources that are at the mm-hmm. you know fingertips of police and the FBI and people that are searching for these things is just amazing. And we're so grateful because look, there's over mm-hmm. 2000 serial killers. We need to catch these people. Um, and there's probably more than that because if you go interstate, like if a killer leaves jumps one state to another, mm-hmm. it's hard to connect those. Right, to the one person. Exactly. So like, I remember hearing about a serial killer that was like a sales agent or a salesperson or something, and they would just whenever they went to a different place to do sales, they mm-hmm. murdered someone. They couldn't catch all of that because. Right. You know, it was in different states. And at the time, it was no interagency cooperation. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't, you know, do that. But then if you have a, a, a killer who has never been arrested, which is because uh, a lot of serial killers don't or murderers, too, aren't in the system, you know. So if they've right. never and this is, you know, we didn't start mandatory DNA collection for probation, parole and um, prison until like the 90s. So they didn't we didn't have a lot of dna on file so if someone did leave dna behind it's not like they had aphis back then where they could just go from california to new mexico and say hey this person's dna is already in the system and it's been collected and this is a match so that's the other i think barrier to success is that if the person isn't in the system and committing these you know single crimes they just have a bunch of dna in different states you know, and and no pattern, and no one to put the pieces together because it's inter, it's you know from state to state. It's not a local murder. Wow, it's a lot, and I think also to your other point about like in Mexico, um, and places like that. I also found in this murder accountability project in the article that I was reading about it, they were saying that sometimes what happens again, like I said, to your point, is that some of the women that are being murdered are, again, these indigenous women, and they're not being counted properly, and people are not even looking for them to be accounted for. So if he's down in the Andes Mm -hmm. killing indigenous women, maybe those women don't even have contact with, like, modern, Mm -hmm. you know, society. So, of course, it's easy, you know, to get away with that, which is unfortunate. But I'm so curious to get your opinion, Sam, on this, because I'm not sure why they picked this particular guy as the number one serial killer over the guy that i watched his documentary but they said ted bundy was number one uh what do you think about that i feel like really i feel like they did it because he has this whole persona as like he's the best looking serial killer and he's got all these good things about him but Mm -hmm. no like I'm just I don't what was I just wonder what the standard was on the rating you know like most deaths most you know like how did they come up with that 
rating system to say who's going to be number one or not. I mean, Ted Bunny's probably Ted Bunny in the Mansons, probably most common serial killers out there. But is are they more prolific? I don't think so. You know. Yeah, I was just I don't like, think so. Hmm. That didn't. Yeah seem to me so that's it for like the factual stuff now we're gonna get in a little bit more to just like chatting and talking with each other about things that we um have observed so if you guys remember on our last podcast um when we said we would talk about killers sam had mentioned Mm -hmm. um this guy chris watts and after that podcast guys i went and i watched his documentary which is on netflix it is called american murder Mm -hmm. the family next door I take everything back that I said last time. I take it all back. I believe that last time I was kind of saying, well, like maybe she was being like not the best stay at home mom or she wasn't doing anything. No, 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 no. When I tell you that this woman was a good mother and a good wife and she loved her husband, you know, and was just always constantly looking for ways to Mm -hmm. fix her marriage and rekindle Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. is just terrible. And the fact I know Sam had said that he had killed his kids, but when I watched it and you see these little girls because they were babies they weren't big girls they were maybe i think like Mm -hmm. let's say three and one or something like very little he -hmm. killed them and it was Mm -hmm. so sad something that has stuck with me because he killed the mom first and he put her on like in the back seat on the floor and then put the little girls in the their car seats um And they were like, oh, is that mommy? And he didn't answer. But what happened was he didn't kill the little girls together. He killed them one at a time. So while he Mm -hmm. was killing one little girl, she asked, oh, where's my sister? And I was like, son of a bitch. You know, how can you do that? This is your family. Mm -hmm. Just get a divorce. You don't have to do this. I don't understand that. Yeah. I was just listening to another one not, not five minutes ago or maybe 20 minutes ago now um, about a guy who a lady who killed her husband because she wanted a, what, to get out of the marriage. And it's just like, hey, I don't know how many of these singular singular murders have taken place for reasons like divorce or custody hearings or, mm-hmm. you know, like insane. If you give me an option, either divorce me or I'll kill you. I'm always going to divorce you. I'm all all right. hands down. I'm going with that. Like I was listening to one where this guy shot his wife in the back of the head because wow. he wanted to marry his mistress. And it was one of the, he didn't kill again. He just, he, you know, just did that once where he shot her or did he? No, he didn't shoot her. He paid someone else to shoot her. But it's insane. It's just insane. It's just Great. And of course, it was another woman, prettier, blah, blah, blah. Soulmate, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you. It's just, it's terrible. It's really terrible. And it's just, what is the thought process? I wish somebody would ask that one time. Like, how did you think that killing would be a better option than getting a divorce? Yes, it might be expensive. Yes, you might have to pay some money, but at least you have your freedom. You know, why would you give that Mm -hmm. up? Um, 
So that was just really, you know, interesting. And then the fact that like really pissed me off, but I guess this is what all killers do. He was so adamant that it wasn't him and that, you know, he was looking for his wife, but he never really seemed concerned in any of the videos. He was like, well, I just kind of want you to come home. What? You just kind of want her to come home? This is your wife that's been missing with your young children. So mm-hmm. it's definitely worth a watch um, and it was done to me in my opinion differently than typical crime dramas or documentaries that I've watched and that I feel like they kind of played it out through actual home video and her like cell phone snapshots and things as opposed to actually sitting down and talking with him and like other people involved so that was interesting mm-hmm. to me. Another one that I had mentioned last time, but I don't think I gave you guys the name. It is a documentary on HBO Max, and that's called Crazy Not Insane. And it's also about how, like, serial killers are, I think they said, not born, but, like, bred. And, like, there's things in you. And if you have, um, what do you call it? Oh, dissociative disorder. I don't believe that's what they call it anymore. Um, It has a new name, but, you know, some of that. So basically, if people don't know those terms, it's like when we say schizophrenic, people having multiple personalities, things of that nature. Um, And can we hold people like that accountable for the murders? Um, Which is also kind of timely because if you guys are like paying attention to anything in the news, um, there have been a lot of executions over the last two weeks of people that are on death row. And there was kind of this big back and forth because a few of the people that had been executed they did horrific, horrific crimes. So I believe 13 people have been executed in the last two weeks, but nine of them had mental disabilities. And it's like, okay, well, if you're not fully in your right mind, you have a disability, can you still be held responsible for these horrible crimes that you've done? Um, And for me personally, that's definitely something that gave me pause and like made me think because usually like I want to be compassionate and I'm like okay well we should send people to jail but don't kill them but then you have the well they killed somebody and they didn't care about those people so why should we kind of care about them um so I have to do some work on that because those are two feelings that I have that I can't really make them jive but then also like I work with people with disabilities so I'm like oh my gosh could you know somebody that I work with be a killer and like would they really be in their right mind to kill can you say that like yes they knew what they were doing and they killed but does that matter if you're on the other side of that killing as a family member you don't care what was wrong with that person they killed your loved one and you want justice so it's definitely a heavy topic um and something to think about so that's definitely a good one to check out it's two hours and a little bit of change so have some time to sit down and then finally what really inspired me netflix has a show called night stalker about richard ramirez had you heard of richard ramirez before Mm -hmm. so i had heard of richard ramirez and i'd seen his picture but i had never heard of him referred to as the night stalker so i was watching this show watching the show like oh my gosh who is this person like what's going on and then when they showed him i was just shocked crazy yes i'm serious i had never heard of him 
called the night stalker and i've like watched other documentaries on him not i wouldn't call it a documentary but like one hour shows on idtv about him Mm -hmm. um and i just did not put two and two together i really like the way there's there's the night stalker and then there's the highway something what is it there's one that's really close to the night stalker that yes the stranger uh, the strangler yeah the the highway strangler the the hollywood strangler I can't talk mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. But yes, they actually talk about that particular set of murders in the Night Stalker mm-hmm. because the police officer that solved that crime is actually the police officer that also worked on Richard Ramirez's case. Mm-hmm. So just a little information about Richard Ramirez. He had a tough life. And again, mm-hmm. you know, when I finally got to the episode and I'll just say this, how they set the show up is they show you the crimes first and everything that's done. And then they show you about him, like him growing up and what his issues were. And so as I was watching the show, I'm like, wow, this person is crazy. They're out of control. They need to get off the streets. And then of course, Mm -hmm. because I'm like a bleeding heart and they put up a, a young child picture of him. I won't call it a baby picture, but they put up a picture when he was a child. And I just felt for him. My heart went out because I was thinking, what happens to a child that is so innocent that they become this monster? Like Richard Ramirez, and I don't know if it's wrong to say this, but he really is a monster. The things that he did, just terrible. How, uh uh-huh. He's bordered. It's hard. It's hard to tell because... It's hard. I don't know if he's like you. You were talking about earlier, crazy or insane, because some of the things he did was just too far out there to be crazy. You know, he's borderline having some other issues. Be be it, you know, um, what do you call that? bipolarism or you know like are these did well, he almost seemed manic you know mm-hmm. when yeah. he was doing this stuff so it's some of these folks is just really hard to tell and the way we have our justice system made up it's not friendly to the mentally ill you know mm-hmm. um it really isn't it it is still even though we've come a long way from the throw away the key model but it's very much the same you know like in some respects where how we prosecute how we look and view these crimes because there is a political element to it there is a you know a sentimentality issue for the the victim's family you know the impact of this thing that was done to them and you know you're considering a lot of other things and i think as a jury system we've gotten we've seen the jury become far more factual um you know do you have the dna or don't you is it circumstantial evidence do you have hard evidence you know or not and we've seen the jury like kind of push back on that but i still think like if someone were to hear this story about mr ramirez i don't think that he would get a five minute deliberation you know like yep hang them yeah no consideration on the mentally ill piece of it all unless you're just clinically proven insane you know then it's Mm -hmm. just that but if you aren't clinically insane which is a very pretty good threshold to cross not easy um then you just 
are going to suffer the consequences of your actions, you know. So he may be a monster, but I always question, like, is he a monster who's in control of his actions or was he, um, you know, not in control of his actions? And these impulses were so it's like addiction, you know, the impulses were so difficult. He could not um, he couldn't hold back, you know, sometimes that is the case. Now, Don't here's an interesting Mm-hmm. And so here's a, something that I think is interesting, and this also puts a little bit of like religion into it, um, and your faith and what your belief system is. But he claimed to be a Satanist, and one of mm-hmm. his clients that he was in the process of killing, he did not kill her because you said clients, she meant victims. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It has been a long work day, guys. Long work day. Like, Not a client because buying? you should you, sh- you shouldn't be killing yeah. clients. <laughs> That's not funny. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You guys know what I mean. <laughs> so one of his victims, right? He was mm-hmm. going to kill her. A 16-year-old girl. She needed 498 mm-hmm. stitches to close up all mm-hmm. of the gashes that he'd put all over her. He did not yeah. kill her because when he tried to, I believe, strangle her with the cord, it like made a weird spark. And he thought that, that was Jesus trying to save her. So he didn't kill her because Jesus had intervened in the killing. Um, but his background was that he just really didn't have good parental guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, he was abused. Mm-hmm. And then again, where you bring your mental illness and that all into play, mm-hmm. his cousin, who he spent a lot of time with, had been in Vietnam, came back and was sharing all of these stories of like the rapes that he had done on the Vietnamese women, mm-hmm. the killings that he had done and had shown Richard all of um, these like pornographic images. And he was just filling him mm-hmm. with like violence and hate and all these things. And then unfortunately, young Richard Ramirez witnessed his cousin kill his wife, shot her in the face. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just a lot to you know have as your foundation for growing mm-hmm. up um and then there's that discussion of nurture versus nature yeah absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely like would he have turned out that way if i was his mother right mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. think so um so i mm-hmm. do think sometimes that you can you know nurture some things there are people that had wonderful upbringings and they became killers as far as i know because it was a while ago when i watched this particular documentary but i believe jeffrey dahmer had a good upbringing he was a cute baby just as fat with good little cheeks and little blonde hair and boys a cute baby you would never look at him and think oh he's gonna become a serial killer and eat people you just don't know um I can't remember if he did, but I feel like he did not. You feel like he did not have a good life? Yeah, I feel like he did not. And I feel like he also portrayed very young um, the, I don't know if they still use symptomology of a serial killer, like burning cats and all that stuff. Yeah. So they There's they that. do for the most part because i know like in my line of work we're always taught like if you see things like that like you need to report because that could be something in the making so i'm gonna say mm-hmm. yes um they still do use some of that what was kind of difficult for richard and getting his case solved was that he really didn't have um an mo 
it was something mm-hmm. different every time. And the only thing mm-hmm. that really stayed the same was this shoe print that they kept finding um, at all of the crime scenes. So mm-hmm. one thing that I will say that stood out to me during this particular show and that I was just like, wow, I don't, I don't understand. Richard would take and kill anyone. However, mm-hmm. when he was taking I mean, he, children, he raped the eighty-one-year-old. Yes, yes, and killed her sister. Like just wild. Yeah. wild. Um, he kidnapped total children. lack of impulse control. It seems. Yes, but then on the other hand, he would take children. He would sexually mm-hmm. molest them, but he let mm-hmm. the children go. Mm-hmm. What was that? Why wasn't he killing children? Why would he let him go? They actually had one of his childhood victims on the documentary, and I could see she clearly has trauma. Mm -hmm. She clearly Mm -hmm. has trauma to this day, and I feel for For her. Um, Mm -hmm. Richard opened her window and like took her out of the window for her bedroom, and she said she didn't fight it or anything because she Mm -hmm. thought it was somebody that she knew. You know, she's kind of like waking up out of her sleep. Who's going to come pick you up and, you know, do anything? You're just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And she said he put her in the car. And I, from what she was describing, because again, she didn't use too much because I just felt like she was somebody that was still struggling with what happened to her. Mm-hmm. But I think Richard was having sex with her at six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and she mm-hmm. said that she would be like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And he wouldn't even let her go to the bathroom. He would take her and put her on the sink to let her go to the bathroom and Mm -hmm. when she didn't do anything he would take her back and continue to you know molest her and the same thing and she said they did it over and over and when he was done Mm -hmm. with her put her back in the car they're driving he stopped at a gas station and told her go in there call 911 and tell them what happened to you and i was like what the heck that is so strange um the freaking disgusting it's mm-hmm. so bad you know and that goes back to what i was just saying like you know there's this sentimentality like you hear these terrible things and you forget all about anything but that you know like yeah you yeah. that's terrible you know but that's why i don't litigate that's why i'm not i don't practice criminal law because i i just can't do it either way one way or the other i just couldn't do it i couldn't be on the defense and i couldn't be on the prosecution because it's just like you it's a lot to handle without bias Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is so important because i know myself if you guys have been listening to any of you know the podcast i wouldn't have even had to sit through the whole trial and i probably would have been removed Mm -hmm. as a juror because as soon as they said Mm -hmm. that he was taking kids i would have been like oh well he's just gonna go to jail and that's that Mm -hmm. like I don't care about anything Mm -hmm. else like I've heard everything I need to hear um Mm -hmm. and so that's true how do you know that your jurors are not being biased Mm -hmm. um and then as far as his adult victims like Sam said old young raped Mm -hmm. some didn't rape Mm -hmm. some shot others stabbed others it was just really crazy you know Mm -hmm. a varied chaotic and he would yell apparently hell satan or and or swear on satan you know like it was yes. he i think had more pressing mentally mental issues but then there's this like thing that i always think about like these are the people who maybe they don't need to be in prison 
they need to be locked up in a mental institution for life. But that is a huge civil issue because, you know, you can't yep. necessarily lock someone up for being crazy for life. It goes against some of those special rights that we have. But mm-hmm. honestly, that's what these people need. Like, I wouldn't want him to die because he's crazy, you know, but I you know, that's what we end up doing. Mm-hmm. Can he be rehabilitated? No, you know, he can't. Yeah. This is something that's just not going to, there's no drug in the world that can cure this. It can mitigate the issues, but we can't say that he's not going to be a menace to society if we let him loose. Right. And then it's like, so, who wants to even take that chance to try? Right. You know, it's like, right. we can't give you that opportunity to practice your skill mm-hmm. because your skill, you know, if it fails, results in people dying. Like, we can't mm-hmm. take these chances. So mm-hmm. it's really, really... um unfortunate it's it's crazy because it's like the risk of having you in the streets is too high you know but i don't think like some people can be rehabilitated anyway and they need to be locked up but with the way jail is a punishment only kind of facility i don't know if that's Mm -hmm. the best place for them either you know because it's really punitive the prison system jail whatever um whereas these folks need more around the clock care just yes. so they're not harm- harmful to themselves and the others around them. Because just because you put them in prison doesn't mean they stop wanting to kill people. It just means they're just going to kill the inmates. And nobody cares really about that. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting. Um, and then I'll say we can just wrap it up because I don't want to ruin a documentary in case anybody wants to watch it. It's really good. Um, but there's another movie on Netflix. It's not a documentary. And I'll look up the name for you guys for next week. Um, but it speaks to Sam's point exactly. This man is a regular man, just like any of us. He has a good job. He has his friends, his family, and he gets into like a drunk driving accident and people die and they sentence him to let's say maybe two or three years in jail, not a long time. And it just chronicles how that little bit of time in jail just to stay alive and survive the jail system creates the biggest most badass criminal and you're like how did this guy from the beginning that you know could have been your co-worker and you'd have drinks with him turned into this killer it is a very very good movie and it's just it's eye-opening um yeah so i will look up that's the name one of the things that. that i know that has been a big push is you know segment and segmenting populations from like low low time criminals to hardcore not putting them together so that they learn more you know but again there's limitations to what we're able to do in the prison system because there's overcrowding you build the as soon as you build the prison is filled you know there's just so many issues with the criminal justice system that we either don't have the time to deal with or we don't have the courage to deal with because i can guarantee you taking a different outlook on the way we handle our um uh criminals it is a political nightmare you will never be elected for anything ever again because there's more people who want the throw away lock them up kind of Mm -hmm. justice then there are people who are really looking like how can we make this world a better place yeah for sure for sure i have to say like when it comes to criminals and things like this and i'll say criminals that like kill and molest children i really have to check my christianity because i'm one of those people no sam i was so serious because i'm like siobhan you're a christian you're supposed to be like loving and understanding 
But in those mm-hmm. instances, I'm just like, no. And I'm like, I really need to mm-hmm. work on that because I have a lot of trouble finding compassion for those people. Mm-hmm. And it's like everybody deserves compassion. But it was like, to me, especially for children, because I feel like mm-hmm. nobody should mess with children. Mm-hmm. Um, like, where was your compassion for that child, for their innocence, mm-hmm. for their childhood? I'm going to show you the same yeah. freaking, inno- you know, compassion you had for them. None. And that's wrong. But that's right. how I feel. Yeah, but it's not just children. It's, it's adults, too. You know, like, no one should die a heinous, by violent crime. Like, that's just a given. Like, everyone should just die peacefully or natural causes. Like, that is the, you know, ideal world, right? But then we have all these violent crimes where people are dying, you know. And that that's messed up because you literally disrupted life for somebody. Be it a child mm-hmm. or an adult or an elderly um, person. But... It's just crime is never going to go away. We'll never have a utopic world. It'll never happen because there's just a deviant subculture, you know, that is always going to exist. And um, we just have to accept that. But the question is, how are we going to? And this is a question that can't be solved, I don't think, by definitely not by our podcast and not by two minds this is like a <laughs> paradigm shift not is it really it is a paradigm shift in the way we understand criminality you know it has to be a paradigm shift in the way we do justice our criminal justice system um but i mean how do we how do we make these folks can we make these folks better if we can't what do we do yeah. with them and i you know what are we doing as far as these little smaller crimes like before marijuana became legal everywhere people were going to prison for that you know and it's really like uh, you know what i mean like who right i have never done it but who has hasn't most people have you know right. smoked pot or whatever and so it's just like is that really something we should be mixing these folks up into with hardening criminals or you know what i mean like can we right. do something else and um and and it, it's just a lot and then we have those who are part of the addicted population i mean how do we help them instead of hurt them more like by putting them in jail you are not at all helping the situation in a lot of the violent crimes i don't know the percentage but i can say it, it's probably a core are from people who either have mental illness or suffer from addiction mm-hmm I could see that. I could definitely see how that happens. And hopefully in the future, um, and as you know, young people grow up and they become lawyers and mm-hmm. they have experience and mental health professionals. But, you know, now, wait a second. To- I don't mm-hmm. trust these young people. They are on some different <laughs> shit. Like, uh, let's skip a generation. I'll wait. Because well, these the- kids are crazy. Like, they'll probably say some shit like, just let them free. It's not your fault. You can't hold them back. Don't try. <laughs> See, the man tries to hold you back. These kids are damned crazy. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. Mm-mm. Well, something. There's got to be some, <laughs> some meat in the middle. But hopefully we, you know, can find... Um, mm. like you said, I don't know if it will be in our lifetime, but maybe you know. I hope not. Your kids I'll be that and grumpy old lady, <laughs> like Tell, calling doing. everybody a bunch of punks. <laughs> I'd be that lady, like, oh, look at this little punk over here, you know? Because I was at okay. I'm gonna say I don't. Um, I almost said something I shouldn't, have, but let's just say I had the opportunity to see these kids literally protest for um, socialism. And their sign said, 
we want to see socialism in our lifetime. And I thought, what in the serious fuck is going on with these kids? Like, I think, oh my gosh, like they were protesting, like really seriously, like forget democracy. We want socialism. And I'm like, you have no idea. You little idiots. You have no idea, you know, how, how, how good you have it. You know what I mean? Like, try going over to China. Try going over to one of these other places that are under a dictatorship, or or try um, some of these other countries. How about Russia, where that guy yes. just returned and he's already been snatched up? Like, sir, they already tried to yep. poison you one time. You got out of the country. Why did you go back? Go but, back. But um, I think it's because they don't fully understand all of the things that are socialism. I think that they feel mm-hmm. like, oh, because I want social programs, because I want to help people, they think, oh, I want socialism. But it's like, no, you can have social programs. You can help people without being socialism and socialist. Yeah. So I think that's sometimes mm-hmm. where, you know. It's like, did you even read the, on this? Did you think about I was gonna it? Say, that's the education system. We have to, you know, work on educating the kids. But what I will say is, guys, I looked up the name for the movie in case anybody is interested in watching. It's called Shot Caller. That is on Netflix. And just to review the other documentaries, you have Night Stalker. That's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You have American Murder, which is also on Netflix. And Crazy Not Insane on HBO Max. Cool, cool. So we will see you guys next week. I don't have, I think I've set my soapbox of conflicting information for today. <laughs> Sounds I did. Because, like, honestly, I feel like we need to help people, but then, like, I also struggle with, like, oh, but that was a kid. Oh, but that was, you know what I mean? Oh, but I knew that person. Or, you know, you either going to be on the boat. I straddle the fence. I totally straddle the fence. So that's what I'm saying. It tests my Christianity all the time when I really start thinking about this because it's like, you know what? And then I'm going to go because Sam and I can like pontificate on this all the time. Right. Yeah. But as a Christian, I think, you know what, though? Jesus died for them, too. Jesus Mm -hmm. loves them, too. So who am I as just another person to say, oh, they need to have the death penalty or they need Mm -hmm. to rot in jail for a while. And like I said, I am biased. If somebody does something to hurt a child, like you really just can't explain anything to me because you're guilty and I don't have anything for you to do but go to jail forever. So, you know, I have to work on that. I have to work on that. I don't know. But it's not happening today. Not today. And, you know, we will definitely, at least we know I think there's been several times where I've said, yeah, I struggle here. You know, at least we can identify the places where we may need to check ourselves before we actually give a formalized opinion on the matter, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, I can be honest. I don't, and this is, again, this might sound terrible, but I don't see myself really changing on that because I feel like I just would not be able to justify in what situation it would be okay to hurt a child. Like what would what could be possibly be happening to you? There isn't one. There isn't in a situation where it's okay to hurt a child. But the question is, like, if you have to give, uh, like, if if I'm at a court of law and I'm a juror, I need to make sure that it's not circumstantial evidence. Like, I, I often think about this too. Like, what if I were in that seat and I was 
um, on trial for murder. I didn't commit, but all signs pointed to me and it was of a child. And it was, you know what I mean? Like all these things were against me. And it was Girl, you would be in time. trouble if I was. Like- I would be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so I try to think like, okay, what does the evidence say? And that's the best you can do. Like, you know, try to be as objective as possible because what if it were you? Like sometimes I have to check myself and say, what if that were me and the shoes on the other foot? I would want to be given the benefit of the doubt and I would want to make sure that you convicted me beyond reasonable doubt that I did this crime. Not, I think so, but beyond reasonable doubt. So that's a pretty big, you know serving size to 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 take but i would want that for myself because i would hate to be convicted of a crime i didn't do and Mm -hmm. and know that i probably would have did the same thing to someone else like that would be wouldn't that be poetic justice that is a good so think about it i'm not just do your best do your best (laughs) that's all i'm saying is do your best to be you know like you know where you fail you know where you need to improve rather um you know, I have several places where I need to like check myself before I actually say something to like, not you, you know, like if I actually said something to someone else, like that wasn't my best friend or something, you know, like I would need to wait a second. Let me think about the words that are about to come out of my mouth because I know I struggle here. You know, I know that I struggle here. So that's all I'm saying is just check yourself before you actually make wreck a yourself. Decision. No. Oh my gosh, or wreck somebody go. else. Okay, let's put this. My down 1990s a bit. are showing; like they are just full out Girl, on display. You you're aged yourself. Yes. All right. For thank real you this time. so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us this night. Let us know if you watch any of the documentaries. If you do, you're definitely Absolutely. in for some good TV watching and informative. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next week. Bye.